Welcome to the Outfield Podcast, a brand new podcast about the LGBTQ community in sports. I am your host, Matt Lichtenstadter, otherwise known as Matthew Aaron. If you've heard me broadcast, broadcast for USL League One, the NFHS Network, multiple colleges. I've also written for many sites, including JohnLucaTheMarzio.com, Awful Announcing, Comeback, and many others. I am openly bisexual. I came out a year ago and was one of the best decisions I ever made. And ever since, I've been very interested in the intersection of the LGBTQ community in sports. Who is here? Who might be coming? Where we are? Where we've been? And that is what this podcast is about, to talk to great people who are out in sports, who have made their stories count in ways that many thought that couldn't ever do. Being out in sports is something that has been so difficult for so many for so many years, but it's becoming a lot easier now. We're excited to bring you episode one with Dan Trainer, the host of the Same Team podcast, a great friend of mine and a great friend of hopefully you all as well. And we talk about a lot of different things, including hosting a podcast about the LGBTQ community in sports who he's talked to, where he's been, and where we all think this whole enterprise is going. And I hope you enjoy this podcast. I hope you enjoy the first episode, which is coming in just a second. As promised, for the first guest on this brand new podcast called The Outfield, if you're cringing at that title, I'm sorry, but it works, Dan Trainer, international man of mystery, friend of mine, and podcast host. I call you International Man of Mystery because it's all literally before we started recording, I had no idea what you've done in terms of your career. Wow. Well, won't you be disappointed? Well, people would be disappointed when they hear what I've been doing with my life. No, that's not true. I mean, now that you have an official podcast like this, that's all you need to tell anybody. I mean, and this is, I'm honored to be the first guest. This is just like, you know, what a way for this thing to start. Well, if we were going to do a, a slug for this podcast, it would be Greatness Borrows Genius Steals. There you go. Listen, no, I think there's plenty of room for multiple sort of LGBTQ sports podcasts and pieces and things and whatever. So it's uh, I'm glad that there's I'm glad that you're doing this. Well, because we did a show together about a year ago and I sounded like an idiot. <laughs> no, you didn't. Did you? Well, I don't know. I, I remember sounding like a bit of a caricature of myself, but that's OK. Well, yours was one of the first ones that I did, right? I think it was... Oh, uh, it was on the night when the Jets were playing the Lions. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. I'm going to the Lions game in Arizona this weekend, so... Oh, yeah, that'll be a blast. That sounds like a lot of fun. Last year, I went to a Jaguars-Giants game, and it went really well. It'll be fun. It's just like, I have an uncle who lives in Arizona, so whenever sort of... I guess I'm revealing too much about myself off the top here, but whenever sort of... A Detroit team or Michigan State is playing out in Arizona. Uh, some form of uh, of my family will drive out. Uh, and, you know, if it's happening on a weekend, especially, we'll go out and, and stay with my uncle for a few days and go to a game. And uh, yeah, it's always a good time. Sounds it's like than, sounds better than my my uh, uncle telling me, "Hey, you want to go see Rutgers football?" Ooh boy! I've done two of those. We'll get to that in a second. Well, I, I don't know that's I don't know going to see the Lions is any better than Rutgers football. I think that that's pretty much an even playing if you field. Went, if you saw Michigan beat Rutgers seventy-seven to nothing in person in the rain, then the Lions are better. I would rather not. Uh, yeah. Well, I know because you don't. You well, don't worry. We're gonna have a debate at the end of this show as to what school, Maryland or Michigan State, is more heinous. But we should focus on other things first, which is the actual <laughs> LGBTQ portion of this podcast. For those of you who don't know Dan, uh, he hosts Same Team. Very good show. Again, Thanks. Greatness Borrows, Genius Steals. And there's a lot I still don't know about you, even though we've gotten to be a little bit friendlier over this past year, and I've started listening to your podcast a lot. So uh, for those people who don't know about you, 
Yeah. What's your life story in less than 160 characters? Oh, wait, I have 240 characters. I'm sorry. I'm thinking is it it's two, old Twitter. Is it 240 now? It's oh, 240 God. now. It's uh, without links and without pictures. Right. Okay. Well, okay. No links or pictures. Uh, okay. How can I do this succinctly? Uh, born in Michigan. Moved around a lot as a kid. Um, went to Michigan State University. Uh, worked in sports TV for a few years. Now live in Los Angeles. Worked in entertainment TV for a bit. Have taken a sabbatical of sorts. This is already longer than 240 characters. Okay. 200. Twitter doesn't care at this point. I've taken a sabbatical within the past couple of years to do. Uh, yeah. So you asked earlier what I'm doing now. I, for the past like year and a half. Uh, in line with starting the podcast, um, I wanted to sort of get out of the crazy TV world for a little bit and do something a little bit more fulfilling. So I've been working as uh, essentially like a special ed teacher for about a year and a half, which has also allowed me to launch the podcast and do the podcast. And then I've also been doing a little freelance writing at the same time. So that's been really great. Uh, but yeah, so I, I think that's a, sh a short version of who I am. Oh, I'm also gay. I think people kind of maybe figure that out. Thank you. I hope so at this point. It's it's a bummer when I ha it's like I, I don't know. I'm at this weird point now where of course like you know growing up it was the, the worst thing that anybody would ever know, and now the fact that somebody might not know is uh, exhausting. I and, don't think that. Well, if people don't know, I was like you know you can nobody my knows. Website it's on there, right? <laughs> You would be surprised. I mean, obviously, being on this podcast, I assume people know, and you know, whatever people listen listen to my podcast, obviously know. But you might be surprised how many people I meet in daily life, daily conversation, who are just shocked when I tell them that I am a gay man. Because you um, don't sound like an extra on Will and Grace. Oh God, here you! I remember this from when you were you were slammed Will and Grace last time when you were on my podcast. I remember it's, that. It's the first thing that comes to mind as just as a show that is stereotypically gay. I don't have I don't have much else to Grace say about okay. that. Okay, I mean Will and Grace. Uh, I don't know that it needed to come back, and I think the final few seasons of its initial run at NBC were pretty bad. But I, I think uh, Good Will and Grace is uh, is great, and I think at its time certainly a very important show. Uh, and Will, I remember did I tell the story when I talked to you on my podcast? I about have no idea. It was a year ago. <laughs> Patrick Dem Patrick Dempsey like played a gay sports reporter on an episode of Will and Grace, and that was like he, I remember watching that, and that was like huge. Yeah. So there, the like, influences in your life come everywhere. Oh yeah, everywhere. Mostly yeah, mostly. Uh, late 90s early 2000s nbc sitcoms but um but uh i remember that he was like he worked in new york he was they were like in the yankees clubhouse maybe can that be right i don't know, I don't know because that's a seinfeld thing well sure <laughs> sure but uh yeah but i think yeah patrick dempsey was like some journalist and will was like dating him anyway whatever uh i think will and grace is uh, an important show that's my <laughs> Listen, here's my extent of TV things that I watch. Drain the Oceans, very good show on history things. Um, Drain the Oceans, never heard of that. National Geographic, it's a very good show, I enjoy it. Shows on the Science Channel about, you know, space, supernovas and black holes. Uh, Top Gear. Okay. The Grand Tour on Amazon. This is, this. people would also be surprised when I say, hey, I like men too. 
because I don't know what these shows are. Well, that's because I don't really want. I mean, I know Top. I heard a Top. I know what Top Gear is. What would you say? What if I told you I watch Hell's Kitchen? Because when I was fourteen, Gordon Ramsay swearing was really entertaining. That's fine. I I understand that. I I I don't watch Hell's Kitchen, but I can understand why somebody would. I'm not exactly so much into a lot of the TV shows, except for. Well, when I was growing up, my sister was a little younger. She would, and we had to share DVR. She would tape shows like on Disney Channel, and she eventually graduated to Freeform and what was ABC Family. And I made a lot of fun of that. Secret Life of the American Teenager? I don't know if it was that. I think um, Pretty Little Liars was the thing she watched. Of course. I was an extra on Pretty Little Liars once. Really? Yeah, I, did, I used to do a lot of extra work when I actually did extra work in because I lived in Illinois. I lived in the suburbs of Chicago twice. That's where I went to most of my high school. And one summer, my summer job was I was an extra on Prison Break. I remember I know, hearing about that show's existence. I was an extra on Prison Break all summer. I was just a prisoner. I was like a 17 year old kid who would like show up to the Joliet Correctional Facility in, like, sweatpants and a white shirt and just, like, be an extra all day. It was very bizarre. Um, Joliet, Illinois. There's there's some great Americana for you. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, By the way, I bet I heard mostly about that show when Joe Buck sadly read promos for it during the World Series. Oh, God. I don't remember that. There's How about a when- supercut on the internet of Joe Buck reading promos for Fox shows, and it's one of the most hilarious and sad things I've ever seen. That's probably yeah, I, I understand that. How do you, what are your feelings on Joe Buck? I like him. I never had a problem with him. Okay. I mean, he's listen, there was times when I mean I I live outside of Philadelphia. I've grown up outside of Philadelphia, so saying you hate Joe Buck is really not that uncommon, but I appreciate the craft and I appreciate the ability of a somebody to go from two games in the World Series to do Thursday night football to then do three games in the World Series and then do two more games in the World Series. I think that's actually kind of amazing. Rough life. It's not, it, it, again, people will not ever want to hear you complain about that, but it's actually harder to do than you think after having oh, traveled sure. for jobs. I'm sure. I, anyway, well, part of it is like, maybe you, you, your, your awakening to your sexuality probably doesn't come if you sit there watching sports all the time. Especially well, if you, I, you know, age late 2000s. I'm not sure. I mean, it might. I mean, I don't know. You're watching the right sports. I mean, I you know, well, you I'm sure wrestling. I didn't watch wrestling when I was growing up. I was up. just gonna say I'm a huge pro wrestling fan, and that probably had some. I mean, <laughs> it did have something to do with my sexuality, but that that probably had something to do with the reason that I started loving it so much. I mean, now it's grown into just a, a huge passion. But like growing up before psychoanalyzing, maybe that had something to do with it when I was a kid. So let's get into the the real reason why you're here. So. Okay. Why am I here? Why are you here? Why are you on this earth? What is the existential question of life? Life, oh, universe, and everything. No. Um, so, you're also a little bit older than me, so we come from slightly different periods in history. In How old are you? 26. Yeah, okay, I'm 31. I'm, I'm a, yeah, a little bit older than you. You wouldn't pass for 31, exactly. though. What, you said, what are you talking about? You look younger than 31. You literally never seen me in person. Well, and the, I pictures, looked, the pictures suggest that. Yeah, yeah, pictures can suggest a lot of things. Listen, I, I've tried to craft some sort of uh, image of myself that is obviously wholly inaccurate. Oh, okay. Well, have you seen my professional picture on the internet? Uh, yeah, I think so. Is it bad? I don't know. You tell me. I couldn't tell you. the first thing you see if you look me up on Twitter. 
Let's see. I've had people send that to me multiple times when they didn't like something I wrote, which is really kind of amusing. They sent you your photo? Yeah, from my own website. Oh. Like, tweeted it at me. Look this up. Remember, I am, I'm, looking, I'm currently looking. You said it's the first thing if I look yeah, up your name on it's, Twitter. It's a pinned tweet. When I came out, that was the only good picture of myself that I had. So, yeah. That's fine. It's good. It's not great. Houndstooth coat, by the way, though. Oh, there you go. There you, uh, anyway, back to the original point, because this is not yeah. sacred to the podcast, as it often is with me. If you're... You're new to listening to me do podcasts. They, there are running jokes everywhere, and there are non-sequitur random comments everywhere, but that's okay. I will do my best to stay on course. It's fine. Even if we go off course, it's, it's nothing new. We're, we're two men podcasting. That's how it happens, unfortunately, in life. So when you think about your own upbringing and your own life in high school, college, when does your sexuality start coming into play? When do you know? I certainly remember, I mean, I if I look back, I mean, as early as sort of elementary school, there were things that I felt that I didn't quite understand, obviously. But I remember that there were like, you know, boys on the street that I thought were cute and like wanted to be friends with and like wanted to have sleepovers with. But I don't really think I understood why. And then I think as I got into middle school, I certainly think I understood it a little bit more fully about what was going on, but certainly never wanted to really think about it or acknowledge it. And then I think getting into high school was the first time I definitely was like, all right, you know, I think at least I'm probably bisexual, but I'm going to uh, ignore this other side of things and, and just focus on the fact that I'm into women, which was which was untrue. And I think I knew that, but I, I, I was desperately trying to convince myself of that. Um, and like, you know, in, in high school, uh, I mean, I was really, it was weird. Like, especially senior year of high school, I was, I was very involved in stuff. I was not like a popular kid, certainly like the first three years of high school. I was, I was pretty unpopular, but I started getting more involved in stuff. Like senior year, I was, I was in all the plays and stuff and the plays and musicals. But then I also like wrote for the paper and I anchored the TV news and I was kind of like if they needed somebody to host something, I was always sort of the one to, to do it or to volunteer myself. So I was always around a pretty diverse group of people, especially doing the plays and stuff. And there were out gay kids like one of my best friends was out in high school. Um, and but we never really talked about it. We never had a conversation about uh, about his sexuality, about mine. I later like came out to him on the phone in college, but um, so I, I, I knew that something was there. And then when I got to college, it, it's sort of a tale as old as time, I suppose. But that's really when I, without much forethought at all, just decided that uh, that was going to sort of be the turning point for me. So my freshman year of college, I just started coming out to people because I went to Michigan State having gone to uh, most of my high school in Illinois. And so I knew very few people at school. It really was like, again, just sort of this cliche rebirth uh, of of a person. And so uh, I, I just started coming out to people. And then that was just it. Just in East Lansing, I was just, uh, I was just out. And then gradually, you know, came out to, to family, probably a little bit later than I should have. But 
you know, whatever. I think everybody's on their, their own path or, or whatever. But it, it really wasn't until college that I told myself, like, all right, I'm gay. This is, this is who I am and started embracing it. So that's also, again, I was in college a few years after you. So, I mean, college, okay. campuses, college campuses are college campuses, but still a slightly different time in history than when I was out in college. I wasn't sure. in college in any way, but slightly different. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, again, once you get there, you're able to surround yourself with with the people that you want to be around, especially in college. I mean, you're, you know, Michigan State is, is such a, a huge place. Campus is so big. There's so many tens of thousands of people there. Um, you know, you just find the people that you want to click with. I mean, with that being said, I started working. Uh, I didn't in my sophomore year. I started working for the athletic department. So I started working for the athletic communications department at, at Michigan state worked there for three years. Um, and was never very open about my sexuality there because working in sports is, is, uh, a, a different animal as you well know, probably. And, um, it's, it, it can be not the most progressive welcoming place. That's not to say that there weren't people working there that, that did know and that embraced me, but it wasn't a place that I felt entirely comfortable, especially as like, you know, a, a 20, 21 year old kid, even younger, really, I guess 19, 20, when I was kind of really getting my bearings there that I wanted everybody to know because I just wanted to fit in and keep doing a good job. So, you know, you do still have to live a little bit of a life in the closet. At least I chose to, or felt like I had to when I was in college working in sports um, because it's just, uh, it's kind of a tough place to be. You know, you're mostly around straight white men who, um, you know, you, uh, you just sort of have to give a second glance to because you don't know. And, and the last thing I wanted to do was for them to know about my sexuality and, and for that to, uh, have them think less of me. Of course, I wish I could go back and maybe do it differently and, and be a little bit more open about that. But I also... I don't know. I think you sort of have to understand that 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 fear. Oh, I, I completely understand that fear. And it's it's different from my position because that's not what happened with me. I just wasn't out because I was thinking solely about getting a job, which yeah. When you think about the stories, and I hope that when you listen to this podcast, you'll hear the stories of people, especially athletes. They don't really have time to think about these things and marinate. And all of the stories you read, it happens when players are injured when they more start to have the ability to think about these things and these feelings come to light. For me, it was just, I was working so hard to get a job and spent everything I did in college was basically that. And then the two years after was basically, I gotta get a job. So the sexuality question never come up. I mean, I knew, I wasn't really afraid of people knowing because my personality was such that I think you heard this last year when we did the show is I have a personality so much that if people didn't like me for my sexuality, then they wouldn't like me for a lot of other reasons too, and I didn't really care about that. But I know not many people are, you know, are, are hardwired that way. Certainly, you're not. So that's that I think yeah. creates a, a different dynamic. Because I was never afraid of my own sexuality. I was just because bisexuality is hard to really pin down because you never really know. And I have many yeah. stories that maybe at some point you'll hear on this show where you just feel confusion because you like both and you grow up in a black and white society where you're expected to be one or the other and nobody tells you that there's a middle ground. Yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, I can understand that. I'm sure it's, it is a thing of, of you know, I, I think you can tell people that you're gay and 
take it or leave it, they at least understand. I, I think if you're coming out to somebody who's bisexual, I think even for somebody who might be sort of progressive, I think sometimes for people that might be a little bit of a more difficult thing to attempt to uh, to understand. It's, it's, it amazes me as I've started to get more into learning about the community and being more involved just talking with people and getting to know people as, as how much nastiness there is towards bisexual people from gay men and it makes no sense. Yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, it's it's obviously stupid and insane. And, and I think I think a lot of that probably stems from uh, just their own personal histories. Like I said, I mean, I, I, I think, again, it's sort of a cliche story that a lot of gay men, I think, tell themselves that they might be bisexual initially. And, and uh, you know, hopefully a lot of these attitudes are changing now. But, you know, I think once in a while, yeah, you're probably going to run into to somebody who says, well, you know, bisexuality is, that's what I said, but I was lying. Um, so you're probably lying too. you know, talk to me in three years, which, you know, I, I hope those attitudes are, are changing and, and having to run into that is, is obviously very unfortunate, but I'm sure that it does still happen to, to you. Well, I could say to people, I have the receipts. Do you need me to prove it? <laughs> and I don't right. really care about saying that to people. Cause if you're going to say something like that to me, you know, but anyway, it, when it comes to a couple things that I want to get to, when it comes to sports, obviously. So yeah. the first thing is, is because we all have a stereotype in our heads of what gay men are like or what queer men are like. And it's very different with women. And that's another thing I want to explore on this podcast, but that's for a different time. And I know you've explored that on your podcast, too. And it's something that is very complex and hard to understand, especially now that we look back on the 2019 World Cup, which is a very interesting dichotomy in things and... Well, I want to explore that at another time, but the, one of the things that I've always thought, and it's become really apparent since I've come out, is there's this sense among people, and there's a sense among even in the community, about personality and sexuality, and how, you know, I would come off to people as straight, probably, you know, like sports, like cars, you know, things of this nature, and, oh, but you like men, how does that work? And it's a thing I think that most people in sports feel that they can't come across because they don't identify with certain things, you know, but they still are. So how did you deal with that? Because you're, you're, you know, your personality isn't quite, you know, what a stereotype of, of a gay man is. And not everybody is. But yeah, I'm yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I think hopefully we're, we're living in, you know, the year 2019, where I think hopefully people understand that. You know, there are just as many different types of gay men as there are straight men. You know, I, I, I think that, you know, we don't have to just be one thing. And like I was sort of saying earlier, um, yeah, I think a lot of people are surprised when I come out to them. Um, and it is always it is always sort of a funny thing. And I do get that thing sometimes where people are like, yeah, but you like you like sports. And like, well, yeah, I mean, OK. And it's it, it's there is that. It, it can be sort of fun to have to be like, well, yeah, but like that, that's okay. You know, um, it, it is interesting. I think when it's like that thing of when I, when I worked in sports, cause I, I'm not, I mean, I do the podcast and I've been doing a little writing in the sports realm, but I'm not like in an, in an office every day right now where I'm, where I'm working in sports, which I was for a long time. Um, I always felt like, just the gayest like the gayest man there and that everybody was looking at me and that everybody knew and that everybody was judging me and everybody sort of hated me but if i go to sort of you know something that might be a little more lgbtq friendly 
I can sort of maybe feel like the straightest one there. So it's this weird thing of sort of existing in two worlds because, yeah, like I, I am a sports freak and I love sports and I, I watch them all the time and, and I, and, you know, that's never going to change. But that also doesn't mean that, um, you know, I don't know. I went to San Francisco for a Carly Rae Jepsen concert a couple months ago or, you know, whatever. I don't know. That was What's the, wrong with that? Well, no, nothing, nothing at all. It's, I, it's, it's great. But I think like, you know, I, I think people very often, I think, especially in the community sometimes want to sort of make you into one thing, make you into one type, make you into something. And I think that, you know, it's the freedom to exist in sort of multiple spheres is, uh, is tough sometimes, but I think really, really important so i think that's sort of what the pod what my podcast and hopefully what your podcast will do too it's like sort of breaking down some of those stereotypes to realize that you know just because uh you are gay doesn't mean that you can't like sports and just because you like sports doesn't mean that you can be extremely gay i mean for the community you might dislike me but i'd say some of the things i will, will probably say on this podcast about things that the community likes that i'm not the biggest fan of like what Let's see. Well, what musical artists are popular amongst gay men? Uh, I don't know. Um, uh, if Beyonce. If Jepsen counts, I hated that one song, by the way. <laughs> so. Okay, listen. I, I, I'm not. If I, we start talking. I say if we start talking about Carly right yeah listen if we start ca- talking about Carly Rejection you're coming at it from, from a perspective of I hated call me maybe it, there there isn't a conversation to be had I know I know but Just that's like I say it's not my thing so I stay away from it Sure but the, I mean and that's yeah and that's fine um I don't know I mean what, what I don't know I I I think like just yesterday, I was like texting one of my best gay friends about like I don't know some shitty pretentious indie rock that we both like, but also like I was texting another friend about like the Taylor Swift album, you know. So it's like I mean my music tastes are also all over the place uh, as well. So maybe I'm the wrong guy to ask, but well, mine um, are not. Mine are what would you say, particularly straight? I guess if you wanted to stereotype it. Yeah, sure, but that's fine. I mean, as long as you, that's you know you like what you like. Well, that's another thing, I've, as I said. It's, and I think that's the sort of thing that comes with sports, right? People assume it's one thing, and you assume you have to be a certain thing to exist in that space. And most gay men are going to find themselves not feeling like they belong because they see one thing on the outside world, or they see one thing in their everyday lives, and they feel like they can't go exist. But you can, because personality isn't sexuality. And I think we're getting there, but there are still issues with it, you know, Every now and again, you see it pop up in places, and it just it doesn't make much sense to me. But then again, I've only been out for a year, and I haven't had you know the battering down of these things hammer over me for all that long. Yeah, but I also think that like I grew up in a very sports focused and sports centric family, and so I was just brought up with it. You know, well, like, like I said, I like sports before I realized I like men. So. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I think it's just like it, it can also sort of be an upbringing thing. You know, I, I think because of that, you know, who knows if I would have sort of found sports on on my own. You know, I was, I was watching sports since before I can remember because that's just what, you know, so much of the, the bond that holds my family together is all about. So I think for a lot of gay men that that isn't the case. And so when you haven't really been indoctrinated into a world of sports, I think I mean, when I take a step back, <laughs> listen, I mean, 
when I take a step back and think about sports, I mean, they're patently ridiculous, right? So if you haven't, if you don't grow up with them, it, 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 and if you don't go to a school where sports are a huge thing, I'm sure you're, I mean, I have friends who will watch games with me or something. They're like, why are you getting so into this? Like, you don't know these people. And it's like, yeah, but like, you know, they're, they're, they're fighting for my city and like, they're, you know, this is a team I've been following my whole life. And, and then you start to sort of talk yourself in circles and you realize that it is all, you know, you don't, it is all a little ridiculous, but that's what makes it fun. And if you don't, if you aren't sort of from that world, it's easy to be like, well, yeah, but like, you're kind of crazy that you care this much. Well, I, people would say the same thing about me, but you could say that about everybody with anything. Thanks. Life, no, sure. life is well, patently that's... ridiculous. It just happens that we are patently ridiculous in this one certain area. Yeah, no, of course, of course. But I've learned more about life through sports than anything. Because as you will hear, a lot of how I uh, discovered my own sexuality came from learning about it through sports. And learning about these issues through sports. Yeah, no, that's interesting. I mean, I don't know that I've ever had... I don't know if the sports have ever really taught me much about my sexuality i mean i think like now um i feel sort of privileged to be at least a little bit a part of this sort of lgbtq sports community and family which is growing daily and and i think because of that um i think more eyes are are being open to stuff it's like it's interesting i mean and you know i'm sure you probably wanted to talk about this or have talked about it uh, with people, just like the Ryan Russell story last week, this like former NFL player, uh, I mean, I guess free NFL free agent, technically, um, came out as bisexual, which I'm sure was, uh, you know, as exciting for you as it was for me. And I saw like multiple friends of mine, uh, just like on social media, on Facebook or Twitter, or whatever, posting about it saying, oh, wow, this is so cool. Like, I've never seen anything like this before. And so I think it's stories like that that are going to make people of the LGBTQ community feel um, like they have more of a space in this world because um, if you don't love sports uh, and you don't really see anybody like you represented in them, like, why would you care, you know? And that's Uh the problem because sports are kind of the final frontier in many ways for the community, right? Yeah, like they're in TV, they're in politics, they're in almost every field. But sports is the one area where if you look at the highest level, there isn't anybody. Yeah. And obviously that is still a big issue. And obviously there's still a long way to go. But things are happening slowly. And, 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 you know, I shouldn't even say slowly. I mean, I think you look at the past five years, I think things are are changing pretty rapidly. I think, of course, the big thing that people say is, you know, it's going to take one sort of big athlete who is currently playing to to come out you know it's and it's, it's no disrespect to somebody like ryan russell who is is telling his story in in such a great way or somebody like colin martin the mls player oh, that who, was certainly a big uh, deal to me well i'm i know yeah i'm sure it is but i'm just saying to the stereotypical sort of sports fan i don't know that they know who colin martin is soccer no, fans that's, know that's, that's true is. um but it's going to take somebody big um, you know, Michael Sam was kind of that, you know, right? And then that that kind of uh, I don't want to say that that fizzled, but it it, it didn't. It, you know, the lasting impact of that just I think was the thing with Michael quite- Sam is if we look back on it, it just wasn't covered well. I don't think we well, knew not. And, and I speak of this as a journalist. I speak of this as a as a queer man. I said we didn't cover that well. We didn't know I, how to cover that well. 
And that's not to say that, you know, doing your thing on Oprah, it wasn't, you know, a, a, it wasn't a great idea in hindsight. But how do we know? Because it's uncharted territory. Nobody really knows how to do it. And I'm not here to tell people how to come out because that's not my space. But No, of course not. But I think that's also that's just inevitable that. And that's why I think so many people have been hesitant to do it because the first person who was going to do it, like Michael Sam, it was inevitably going to be a little bit sloppy and people weren't going to know what to say and people weren't going to really know what to do. And I think his courageousness, I think, uh, shouldn't go unremarked. And also, like, you know, he I, I think he probably knew that it wasn't going to be the smoothest thing and he did it anyway. So, you know, kudos, kudos to him for for doing it and, and, you know, probably knowing that it was going to be a little dicey because people didn't, yeah, people just didn't know what to do. I think you look at the Ryan Russell rollout and I think you can look at those two things and compare them. And I think, you know, the, the Ryan stuff has been handled much more delicately and much more smartly. And, and it seems like he's really been embraced in a way that, uh, you know, maybe the, the people who sort of came before him and broke down those walls uh, weren't necessarily. As I said, I think it, it's trial and error. Because you, you don't really know until it happens. And I think yeah. that's and that's a thing that I, I always think about if somebody truly major, and I'm not saying Ryan isn't major, because all of these people coming out, they are major. Sure. Yes. But when you think about those who might be like truly major, if somebody, I don't know, who, who, who do you think about? Let's say, for argument's sake, if somebody on Michigan State basketball came out. See, I don't even think that's major. Well, I no. think it would be more major than Ryan Russell, and that's no offense. I want Ryan on this show very, very badly for obvious yeah. reasons. But let's just say for that sake, or if you wanted to go, let's say, I don't know. Let's say, well, it won't be an NHL player, and we'll get to that in a second because that's one thing that we share in common, a deep love of hockey. But let's say if it was a current NFL player that was relatively well-known. Yeah. I think that the reception would be a little bit different it's also because i don't know if the sports media certain people are but the average sports media is not really capable of covering the story in a way that you know that i would cover it in because i know where these people are coming from and i've been there and i want to help people that's another thing i want this podcast to be as a resource for people who feel like they don't feel safe you know but now they have a place where they can go and they have somebody to talk to i think that's another thing that i feel is a huge duty as somebody who's out and in this space. But if somebody more major came out in the NFL, I, I don't know how it would be covered. Well, and I think that's what made the Ryan Russell thing so good is that he sort of did this thing with ESPN and without sports. And the thing he did with ESPN was with Kevin Arnovitz, who was gay. And then of course, out sports, you know, just, uh, just amazing stuff all the time. Um, and, and they obviously know how to handle these things. Um, and, and the more stories there are like Ryan's, the more prevalent and prominent they become. So I think it's it, it was handled by gay journalists, which is uh, is more of a thing now than it was a decade ago. Um, I mean, I think that there were there certainly were LGBTQ journalists 10 years ago. There were LGBTQ gay journalists 50 years ago. But I think they're more free to be out now um, and, and write about that stuff and, and be on the radio and, and write their stuff and be honest about who they are. And obviously the, there is going to be backlash to that sort of stuff. It's just inevitable. But I think uh, the landscape has changed a little bit where, where journalists are, are able to be a little bit more free. So I think that's why the Ryan thing has been handled so well too, because it's, it was handled by people who uh, understand his story and like know how to tell it. Oh, there's certainly 
gum that comes out when these stories, especially on a higher level, happen. Did you see what Larry Johnson, he former Penn State running back, not the former New York Nick, tweeted? No, about Ryan? Oh, no, not about Ryan, about football in general. I uh, I will have to look this up because I don't want to read this verbatim, but it's it's something that it happened the same day as uh, as Ryan came out, and it was amazing. Uh, let me read you the first tweet, and then you can go find uh, the rest of it later. Uh, there is an effeminate agenda going on amongst the NBA and NFL elite peddled by high-ranking Mason slash handlers to indoctrinate the heterosexual sports world without them knowing for the buying power of the LGBTQ community, but we're not ready to have that conversation yet. And that's the tip of the iceberg. Wow. Okay. Interesting. That's some, some tinfoil being burned on the timeline. I would, I would love to know more about this. Penn State football, everybody. That's one thing we both share in common. Probably a both deep disdain for Penn State football and everything they stand for. Yeah, I mean, I'm in a weird place right now as a Michigan State grad. Well, uh, listen, football really... kind of caused somebody to die. So, I well, mean, yeah, yeah, but, but Penn also State that was a, a, a pretty big issue, too. And, I mean, just because your school did bad things doesn't mean you can't hate another school for doing bad things. Uh, no, that is. I, I believe that that is true. Yes, I agree with that. Well, another thing I would say is it's hard to moralize with these with these particular issues. There are a lot of stories when I think with guests you'll see down the line when we get there. So there's so much that I want to talk to you about just with your podcast in general. Uh, what made you want to start doing it? I know you said you stopped working in TV, so you now had a little bit more time. But what made you say, yeah, I'm going to talk to people about this on a podcast? Um, I had always thought that there was some sort of space for it, and I, I had been talking about doing something like it for a long time, just never really felt like I had the time to do it, and so I sort of made the decision in my life uh, about a year and a half ago, I guess, to to really give myself the time to do it, and as you know, I mean, it's it's no easy task. It takes some work. Um, especially when you're doing it on your own, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm producing and booking and editing and releasing and doing all that by myself, which, you know, it's, I'm not, you know, down in a coal mine. I'm not saying putting out a podcast is like hard work necessarily, but it just, it, it takes a lot of time. Um, and so I, I finally had the time to do it and I just wanted to create a space for, you know, people like me, kids like me, young adults like me who love sports but didn't necessarily feel like they were welcome in the world at all. And so, you know, I think now I can I can look back and, and look at the people that I've been able to talk to and, and will continue to talk to, hopefully, that have been able to tell their stories. And I, I think they're important stories to tell. Um, but I, I just wanted to create something you know, not not only for young people, obviously, but just for anybody. I mean, there are still people, certainly much older than me, who who are unsure of their sexuality and, and unsure of of how that fits into the sports world. Being a sports fan, being an athlete, whatever it is. Um, so I just wanted to create something where people could listen to stories and, and hopefully feel uh, like they were being heard and that they were part of a community, however maybe niche it, it is. Um, I think, you know, these are important stories to tell and it's, you know, we're at this exciting part or, or place right now where, you know, these, these stories are becoming more prevalent. So, you know, I, I think the timing was good. I, I enjoy talking to people, you know, it's something that I think I'm, I'm pretty good at. And, you know, I thought, why well, you know, why not do it? I think there are stories that need to be told and I'm, I'm, I'm happy to give a platform to, uh, to, to them. Well, it also happens that 
if you like telling stories, you want to tell stories of people who are somewhat like you, you know? Well, yeah, yeah. And it's been interesting, too. I mean, you'll find this talking to people like some of these conversations, like some conversations are much easier than others, you know, like it is it's interesting. I mean, you'll you'll talk to uh, like like last week on my podcast, I had like Ryan O'Callaghan on my show, former uh, former lineman in the NFL, the Patriots and the Chiefs. And that's his new book that it, it's great. But and it was an honor to talk to him. But he's he's he was kind of a tough guy to talk to. He's very sort of reserved and and doesn't really uh, doesn't really I don't think really found me very funny. Um but it, it so it was interesting. It was like I, I think a lot of these stories can be tough to tell. And his story is one of those. I mean, he was, you know, he was on the brink of 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 suicide. I mean, his his story is is a tough one. So it, it it's been a lesson in uh, learning how to talk to people and learning how to let people tell their stories because some people are are able to tell them in sort of a much more frivolous way. Uh, and some people aren't quite there yet and may never get there. There's just there's such a spectrum to to people's sexuality and their stories and, and where they are in their lives with them. It's it, it's been sort of interesting to to walk that line with people. Also, it's hard sometimes, I think, to judge what people are willing to accept in terms of a sense of humor. If you have a sense of humor that's particularly odd, you know, and, and I'm going to find that. Uh, well, I'm referring to me. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm referring to me. Uh, you, you hear random jokes on this show about, I don't know, probably some joke about Caligula at some point. I don't know. Sure. And that's, sure. again, not many people are making jokes about Caligula, and then in the same joke will probably reference Top Gear. It's just... I mean, that's, but that's, listen, that's what makes you you, you know? I think that's what having these uh, these podcasts is... is uh, or, or why it's so important because you know you're your own person you got to get your voice out there you know well, for four and a half years i covered maryland sports on a podcast and that was an experience in and of itself yeah i mean there's something to that i mean i i have been fairly lucky in my life as a sports fan i mean i'm i'm a diehard detroit red wings fan for most of my life they were excellent they are not right now um, and have not been for a few years and probably won't be for a few more at least. Um, but it's, it's interesting. I do, I have found, and maybe, I, I think maybe we even talked about this last time we, we chatted, but there is an interesting, it's just a different thing being devoted to a team that sucks. Um, well, I'm devoted to five of them that are outright garbage. So yeah, this is, this I, yeah, I, I know, yeah. It is interesting. So I, I respect I respect the love for Maryland. I respect the I respect the old podcast. It, in a lot of ways, sometimes I think there's more to talk about when it when your team blows. Like Well I mean, when, you're, when, when your team should have fired their coach because he was somewhat responsible for a player dying, then they don't do it and then five oh. hours later on Halloween they then actually fire him and you have to do two podcasts in a day you'll understand what I'm talking about. Well, and also, I'm sure you saw... What was that tweet they sent out this weekend? You oh. see... You see, What were they thinking? I'm sure you saw that. Uh, which which Maryland football team? It was just... It was just about... And what, what's the guy's name who died? I should know Jordan his name. Jordan Yeah, they tweeted out, like... Um, like, what? Well, because Maryland won, what, they 79? They 79 points, which was... Okay, I don't know whether they intended to score 79 points, but Howard's <laughs> terrible, so they could have named their score. 
I, well, they did kind of stop, right? I, I was following. Well, they went for two because, or they went on it for on fourth down because they didn't want to keep scoring. They didn't want to make it 82 on Howard. I Again, they scored 79. I think it was, I had no problem with it. But it was, no, but it was, it was, they sent out this tweet that was essentially like, oh, we scored 79 points tonight. Oh, the same, or today, the same numbers, Jordan McNair. And then like, oh, it was just like. I mean, listen, they're not going to they, talk about how horrible the management was that led to that happening. I, yeah. listen, I'm more focused on what the players said and knowing some of those players and them tweeting about, especially his fellow offensive linemen, that mattered a little bit more. And it only it only was brought up to me like by a friend of mine who tweeted it out, and that's yeah. it is what it, it is what it is. Listen, Maryland's done a lot of worse things than that tweet, so I'm not gonna really focus too much on it, especially considering college sports Twitter accounts are usually way worse than that. Oh, it's so weird. I, I know. I, and we and you worked in that. Well, you worked in there as social media was starting to just maybe become a thing. Oh, so, God. No, when I was there, yeah. Like, I don't, yeah. I mean, social media kind of was a thing. Like, I think I got, I started a Red Wings blog, like, my senior year, I think, at State. And I got a Twitter account for it. And I think that was kind of just when Twitter was, like, a thing. I joined in 2010. So, I was a junior in high school. And I've been tweeting consistently and deleting all those horrible tweets ever since. <laughs> I, I've probably deleted 60,000 horrible tweets, and that's okay. You just have to admit that you've you done tweet, it and move on. Tweet a, you tweet a lot, though. Well, I try I used, I try to – what happens is I tweet jokes. If they don't work, I delete them, and you go back to the well constantly and see what works, right? Yeah. The one thing yeah, you learn about when you're on Twitter is that there are a lot of people out there, and a lot of them are funnier than you, and they're going to think of the joke faster than you. Sometimes <laughs> you get lucky, but other times yeah. they don't. My Twitter account is basically turned into live tweeting pro wrestling events. Uh, and award tweet- shows. And award shows. Uh, tweeting about Michigan yeah. State. Tweeting about Michigan State. Once the Red Wings are back, tweeting about them. I tweeted about the Red Wings today because Nicholas Cronwall retired. Yes. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what my Twitter I, – I think – I don't know. My I Twitter- find it entertaining. I think there's some funny jokes on there. I think it's a pretty good look into who I am. It's mostly sports stuff, but then every so often there'll be some sort of joke about Real Housewives or, uh, I don't know, some gay shit or whatever. It's like, uh, yeah, I don't know. As soon as you start following more people, it's so interesting because my my Twitter timeline will be sports, sports, here's a wrestling thing that I'm not particularly interested in. And then, oh, here's a tweet about Drag Race. Oh, wait, what? Right. You don't watch – yeah, you don't like Drag Race. Well, no, I – okay, let me explain. I, I view it through the lens of drag as characters, and I just go, these characters aren't for me. They're not for my sense of humor. They're, they, don't, they don't work for me, but they work for other people, and good for you. That's okay. all. I, I, I don't view them as anything other than characters. And that, and that maybe is not the way to view it, but I view them as characters. And just saying, like, you know what? There's plenty of shows out there that have great characters that I happen to not be interested in. Uh, sure. All right. Is that a bad uh, way of thinking about it? It's just, it's just not my thing. I, I, yeah, it doesn't have to be your thing. I, I only really started watching Drag Race maybe, I don't know, three years ago maybe. So I kind of, uh, I, I think if you talk to a hardcore Drag Race fan, they will tell you that I missed all the good stuff. Um, what you would say with every single show that's been going on forever that you missed the good stuff. That's probably true. Well, it's also, it's just, as I said, like, 
if you like men, you don't have to like drag. It's okay. I know that you might that's feel like that's, that's... Well, no, I think everybody should like drag. Well, I mean, here's the thing. Whoever you are. Here's the thing. I, I appreciate it for what it is, but, again, it's not my thing. Like, I never watched Breaking Bad. It's great, but that's it wasn't crazy. my thing. So. What do you watch? A lot of sports. And as I said... Yeah, I mean, it is hard. I do find, like, we're getting into the... Ter- like, if I were to show you, I have, like... I, I just have a running list of TV shows that I'm either, like, behind on or want to watch or whatever. And the summer is always my time to do that because I don't really care about baseball. Um, well, you're, like, right, you're, 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 you're kind of grew up in Michigan, and the Tigers are... Um, oh, God, that's really bad. Of, yeah, one of the worst teams uh, of all time. Um... But even like baseball is is firmly my uh, fourth favorite of the uh, of the big four, and I, I'm a huge wrestling guy. And wrestling is so crazy right now. I mean, the pro wrestling on almost every night of the week now, increasingly so. Um, well, and as, so, as, but, as I've learned as a Jaguars fan, because Shad Khan runs the new wrestling promotion. Oh, and, that's right. I didn't even put that together. Well, Duval County is probably the most wrestling place on earth. I would suggest. I should go. I need to go to a Jags game. You should go. I mean, almost all the Jaguars fans I follow football and wrestling. It's amazing. But then again, you see it with the hockey fandom, and we're both really big hockey fans, and there's a lot of wrestling crossover in hockey. Yeah, there is. Less there so, is. It's mostly hockey. There is some with football. Uh, not a lot with soccer. There's a surprise. Um, <laughs> and, it, again, it depends on who it is. But I, I've, it's like wrestling. I, I can understand a lot of why it's great and for the people who like it, but it's not my thing. So, you should get into it. Yeah, I don't. Ha- I mean, I follow Maryland sports, the Jaguars, the Mets, the Florida Panthers, and Tottenham Hotspur, and I cover the U.S. men's national team sometimes. I don't know if I have a lot of time for that. Uh, that's fine. I mean, it's yeah, it, it's a commitment. I mean, like there's well, you got def- Raw, you got SmackDown, you've got NXT, you've got the new promotion that's coming out, right? Yes, AEW, which will be on uh, Wednesday nights on TNT. Yeah, so where NXT. A lot of nights of wrestling to pay attention to. And well, that's, I mean, that's, yeah, that's three a week if you're just paying attention to those promotions. And then, you know, inevitably every sort of other weekend now, there's going to be some pay per view. So that's your Sunday, uh, which becomes hard with football during football season. So I guess what I was saying was during the summer is when I try and at least catch up on um, as much TV as I can because uh, really the only other thing to watch is is baseball and, and wrestling. And wrestling oh, you is really... don't want to watch soccer friendlies then. I, I do. Uh, no, I don't know. It's not – I'm not – it's weird. Soccer is so weird because they're like anti-soccer people, right? Like they're people who like hate soccer, which is – Well, because it was feminine and it was anti-American and all these – th- No, I don't even know if it's that. I think like I know people who are anti – just like it's the old trope of like, oh, it's so boring. It's so boring. They don't score. It's so boring. No, I watched the Women's World Cup this oh, summer and it soccer. certainly wasn't boring. Oh, no. I'm not one of those people who says that. I've just never gotten into well, soccer. As I said, you – there are people out there who don't like soccer and that's fine there are plenty of people out there who don't like hockey and it's fine it's it's yeah. life i i've i you learn that when you go and say eh, that's not my thing and that's just yeah. what people can understand i want to get into a couple of other things uh Please. podcast related firstly uh what's the best show you've ever done because i look at the list i've listened to more than a few of them and the soundcloud listening tracks are, are not great in terms of tracking how many people actually listen to the show 
they get like the 250s, 250s. Oh, there's a 30,000 episode 250, 250. <laughs> that, right? And, yeah. And yes. so, so what were your, your favorite interviews that you've done? That's a good question. I actually thought that you were going to ask that. And well, then I. You're asking it to podcast people. The thing I did when I did my last Maryland show is I went and thought legit about what were my favorite Maryland podcasts. One of them was actually interviewing Graham Couch. I'm assuming you know who he is because he covers Mexican State. I do. I know Graham. In 2016, he actually left Maryland, and this was when they were in the top 10 out of the top 25. And so my podcast oh, co-host. I remember that. And, and my podcast co-host is like, hi, do you want to record? I can get Graham Couch on. And I'm like, yes. So it was one of the best podcasts I've ever done. And the aforementioned two podcasts in a day talking about DJ Dirk and getting fired was pretty entertaining. Um, I, think... I just like doing them, period. I think that they're a lot of fun. And I did over 170 for that Maryland show. And I host a Florida Panthers show. And those are really fun because the Panthers are terrible. So you get a lot of mileage out of bad teams on, on podcasts. Well, so I know a lot. But what were about you? Because a... you've done a fair few less than I have. Panthers are going to be good this year. Well, they probably um... be. Um, what are my favorite ones? You know, it's always, it's, I sort of find that the ones I like the most are maybe the ones that I, not that I'm not excited, I'm excited for all of them, but I'm constantly surprised by which ones I sort of enjoy the most. Like, let's see, I, I'm looking through now. Like, I really, I did one, uh, recently with Scott MacArthur. Do you know Scott? Yes, I'm, I'm. I'm very because one of my good friends who if you've listened to me do podcasts before I would be Brock McGillis I did on the other show Brock is somebody who helped Scott come out and Brock and I have become really really good friends over the last year yeah. so I know I need to have Brock on my show you should get him on your show immediately because can I talk like on Twitter a few times yeah I need, I should do that um I'll do that once we're done um <laughs> giving you ideas I will not have him on this show because there's a why hockey podcast episode that I did a year ago with him which I would just be doing the same thing over again. I don't want to waste Brock's time because he does a lot yeah. of great things. Um, I'm really interested in, in being out in hockey, which I could do two hours on that particular subject. Uh, you got to talk to him. Yes, I will. I'm going to send, I'm literally going to send him. We were like, I'm, I wonder what happened. I remember we were DMing about him coming on. I don't remember what happened. Oh, I've tried I, to get Brock on multiple different podcasts, hockey related shows that it hasn't happened. And it's frustrating me because I've been like, you don't know how important it is that he gets on your show. People I know. Let, yeah. Well, that's another, I know it's like, it's yeah, whatever. Uh, Scott's, Scott's great. I'm going to, that's a spoiler. I want him on this show too. Um, he'll come. He to will talk to him. Scott's great. I love that a lot. Um, I'm like scrolling through my episode list, um, which is terrible. Uh, I had Jack. Do you know? I'm sure I'm. You're gonna know all these people. But so I had Jack Murley on, who's like on uh, works the BBC. He and I just sort of nerded out about wrestling a lot. So that gets sort of like, it's funny. Like a lot of them are just very hyper hyper specific. So we talked a lot of wrestling. Uh, like, oh, like, this is a good example of one that I had no idea what it was going to be and, like, really enjoyed it. So, like, Peter Lovins on, who was, who works, he's, like, literally, like, the lawyer for the Blue Jackets. And this I thought... What we're talking about with hockey people being out. Like, you have to interview the lawyer from the Blue Jackets because <laughs> there's nobody else out in the friggin' sport and nobody in the NHL wants to do anything about it. Well, yeah, that's... I know. Well, as I said, that, maybe that's, that's a topic little... for Brock and you to go into, and I went yeah. into it with him, but... That's um, a good... All right. But like, I, I, I was like, I reached out to him because I was like, this is interesting. I don't know. And that's what I think that's what I like to do, too. It's like, I don't know what this conversation will be like with this person, but I desperately want to have it. So I 
I had a really fun conversation with him. And, 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 you know, of course, inevitably we talked about his job, like what he does for like five minutes, you know, and we chatted for like an hour and a half. It's just about his life. And it was really, uh, it was really great and very illuminating and very fun. That was good. Uh, and then I think if I were to pick a third one, I would say I interviewed Haley Bedeckis a couple months ago. This, uh, Basketball player Haley played at Pepperdine um, and went through a bunch of crap uh, because she was uh, dating her teammate. The two of them are still together, had to go through all this really unbelievable, terrible stuff dealing with uh, coaches and administration and, and, and crazy stuff. And she sort of come out on the other end uh, with a hell of a story to tell. And I really enjoyed the conversation with her. So I would say those three and, of course, yours, but I'm not going to be annoying and say yours. Well, you don't have to. You can say it sucked and it wouldn't really matter much to me. No, it was great. Honestly, you can honestly say I don't really care. What people think of me has not become something that I've uh, been all that sensitive to for my entire life. Well, well, that's good. That's good. Uh, it, but... it's it's true. There's some a couple that I I listen to, and the one that got thirty thousand hits is the one that surprised me because you're not a soccer guy, right? I don't listen. I don't know how that happened. Um, I think it's some sort We're of. We're referring mistake. to one with another person I want on this show, Matt Pachifici, who was a goalie for like ten seconds with Columbus Crew. Sorry, uh, but like, and I listened to it because Arch. obviously I'm a huge soccer guy, so that was a big deal. And I, and I read that story after two AF, AFC and NFC title games, so I was burnt out. And then I listened to the podcast like five days later, and it was, and it was good. Of course, all of your podcasts are, and I did it because it was soccer-related. And then I just looked at the hit count. I'm like, wait, how did that happen? Something is wrong. I don't know because it's not right. Like, and that's another thing, too. Like, my podcast, it's – I mean, it does fine. But, see, I'm burping as I'm talking to you. Um but like you know, I I'm not, I would say average like two fifty listens a podcast, which is like not great, <laughs> you know. It's, but it's good, like whatever. That's not really. It's fine. Like I'm happy with that. But like his, yeah, has like tens and tens of thousands. Something happened. Some there was some break in the algorithm where something happened. I don't know. I I, I couldn't tell you what happened there, but I I can't imagine that that many people listen to it. Um. I mean, that won't prevent me from telling people. I guess I'm... I'm... A loop in the space-time continuum. A fluke of physics has occurred. Yeah, something happened. But yeah, Matt... Uh, I mean, that was great. Matt was... You know, I, I've had the pleasure of being able to talk to people, you know, uh, pretty soon after they they come out or, or soon after they do something of note. And that's always really fun to talk to somebody when they're sort of Yeah, because still... you interviewed somebody like... You interviewed Matt like this was like a week or two later. And... I, think I didn't so, have a yeah. podcast at that point, and I feel like I would wait to set for people to settle down and settle in because they might get you know overawed by the press and all these things that they have to do, and you might yeah. not get somebody as genuine. But I think well, another thing we didn't touch on is that when I was saying that I worked in entertainment TV, I worked at I worked at TMZ for two and a half years. When this, I, I was, this is also true. So uh, <laughs> a thing for better or worse that I learned there was that I don't waste any time. <laughs> Uh, well, I also have in touch with some... I've come from a background where I don't like press conferences. I don't like asking people questions in scrums because I don't think you're going to get anything out of that. I'd much rather sit down with them and do something more in depth. And again, yeah. it's, it's different ways to skin a cat, and it, it's not like there's a big deal. But I certainly uh, would not have had that background because I don't see myself working at TMZ anytime soon. Uh, listen, I didn't either, and uh, I quit in very dramatic fashion. That, Did that's you? Some... 
Uh, okay. Not really. I mean, so I mean, dramatic maybe isn't the word. Well, right? you you know, there's 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 like BuzzFeed articles. Here's the ten craziest ways somebody quit their job. Would it have been? Oh, the this, top 10? no, this no, 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 this no, this was not that. This oh, was. Okay. This was no. This was not that. So, so now when we think about podcast guests in the future, and there's probably going to be crossover between us because I think we're going to end up having the same ideas, uh, other than Ryan Russell, who I think we're both going to have on at some point, probably. I hope so. Yeah, I, I'm desperate. That that's one I want very, very badly. Uh, who are people that you're thinking about? Like, I'd love to talk to this person, but it just hasn't worked out. If you don't uh, make up your hand. Definitely. That's a good question. I mean, I think they're all, uh, yeah, they're conversations I do want to have happen. Um, uh, I think probably at the top of that list is, is probably, I mean, we said Michael Sam. Michael Sam is, is near the top of that list. Michael Sam, I would love to ta- talk to Adam Rippon. I would love to talk to Gus Kenworthy. Um, I would love. We're, we're really getting up there, though. Like, well, I, well, I know, but, you know, it's all right. I would love to talk to. Uh, let's see, Jason Collins. I would love to have on here. I would, you know, I would love to have Billy Jean King on the podcast. Oh, that would be awesome. That's probably that the be, highest. Uh, that would be that I, might be like okay. If that happens, I might not want to do any more podcasts after that because you're not going to top that. I know. I sort of feel that same way. And I, I played I, tennis for eight years, so yeah, I be, love that. Will be a big one. I love her. Um, let's see who else. I, I would. What if there is there a human being on planet Earth who does not like Billy Jean King? No, she's the best. Ever. I mean, if there is, get rid of them. No, she's just universally loved and amazing, and like, just continues to do great stuff. Like, I had, I had the pleasure of having Nick McCarvel on my podcast, and you should. Oh, do you know that's, Nick? that's one I should do because I do like tennis. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's one. You should have Nick because Nick is great and and does a lot of great stuff. And just at the U.S. Open, uh, a couple weeks like before the tournament started, they had this LGBT thing where Billie Jean King spoke and Jason Collins was there and. I think Adam was there and it was great. So Nick is doing, Nick is doing awesome stuff and I love talking with him. And yeah, we got kind of nerdy about tennis and talking about tennis in terms of gay rights is interesting because it's such a worldwide sport. And, but um, it's also interesting because you've talked with individual athletes, like you've done swimmers. I think wrestling is more individual than a lot of the other sports, right? What, what have you noticed in terms of team sports versus individual sports in terms of talking to out people because you've talked with some really interesting people but they're their own thing when you're doing yeah. individual sport and tennis to me is the like of all the sports that i love tennis is the only real individual sport like because there are most of mine are, are team sports but yeah you know, what do you think about that that difference in interviewing somebody who say was on a team as opposed to somebody who's doing it on their own i think wrestling is interesting because uh, I, I think the world of pro wrestling is a lot more progressive than uh, a non wrestling fan might think. Um, and, and there's so and I've written, I've had the pleasure of, of writing a few things throughout sports over the past few months about about LGBTQ wrestlers and, and the rise of, of of that community within the pro wrestling world. And it's been such an exciting thing to see, especially as a kid who grew up when you know, especially in WWF, WWE. Uh, I certainly used to watch and feel like I was I was not a part of what I was seeing on screen. It was it was very uh, it was very hetero dominant. It was it was often very homophobic. 
Um, and, and that's that's lessened a lot. And, and getting back to your last question, too, like Sonia Deville is somebody who I'd love to have on the podcast who is an out lesbian performer for WWE right now. I would love to have her on the show. I'll I think leave she, you to that one. I'll leave you to that one. OK, that's fine. But yeah, I mean, she's doing great stuff. But I think it is it is interesting, I think, because I, 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 I've asked that of people before. And I think. I think athletes who do find themselves in solo sports, whether that be uh, like I've had a, a, a number of figure skaters on the podcast, which is obviously well, I've had I've had uh, like a couple's figure skater on, but it's still it's it's sort of the same thing. Um, you're sort of living in your own world in your own head. I've had a number of wrestlers on here, and then I've yeah, like you said, I've had basketball players and football players. Um, I have found that I think the people who are, are doing things on their own, a solo athlete, you know, uh, you know, tennis, wrestling, figure skating, whatever. I, I think that they are more adept to come out earlier, probably because they really only have to answer to themselves. And when you come out, if you're playing a team sport, you know, you're coming out to your coaches, you're coming out to uh, your teammates and really, you're sort of coming out to the fans, really. I mean, if you're a tennis player and, and you make the decision to come out of the closet, uh, people can just – they can choose just not to not to like you anymore, which, which is obviously terrible. But, you know, if, if you're playing for a college or playing for a professional sports team, that's something you have to think about. You're not getting away from any of those people. You know, these people are still coming to your games. They're coming to your your signings. They're coming to whatever. So I think I have found that I think people who are doing more of a solo thing uh, feel a little bit more freedom. But also then you're going through it on your own. Right. And, and I've had people who have talked about that before. It's like it's the other side of the coin where that support system isn't there. Right. So if you come out of the closet and thank God, I mean, most all really the stories that I've had on my podcast, the people who have come out, it, it's been all positive. I mean, the, the, the support has been there from teammates and from fans and from coaches. And so that's a pretty attractive thing. If you know that that's waiting on the other side, uh, then that's great. Whereas, you know, if you're a wrestler, if you're a, if you're a tennis player, figure skater who comes out. Um, you know, it's not like you have this big support group around you to kind of to kind of get you through. So I, I don't think it's easy for anybody. But, um, you know, I, I think everybody sort of tell I think it really depends on the personality, too. I think some people are just more adept at, at being a, a part of a team and, and needing that support, maybe when they come out, whereas I think a lot of people sort of enjoy doing it on their own. So it, it just depends on the person, I think. But, you know, I, I think maybe the the sentiment to end with on on this question it's like the thing that's been such a relief and such a, a pleasure to hear is that uh, for the most part everybody who i've had on my show says that coming out has done nothing but good has made them a better athlete a better teammate a better friend a better family member um and has improved their life exponentially so that's been a great thing to to learn by uh by having the podcast there's not a lot of sad stories when it comes to that you know weird like i sort of thought there would be more to be honest with you like but i think when, that what I, happens with you talk about people who say oh i had a friend and they're not there anymore it's like well you're out that's the biggest thing that you're going to probably do the biggest hurdle to overcome so the rest of it feels like minor stuff you know what i mean yeah and yeah and i think you get to that place where you come out and of course that's that's not to say that every story is rosy and that everybody you know is getting a parade 
thrown for them when they come out of the closet. That's not it at all. I mean, I, I've talked to people who have who have had to go through a lot of hard stuff with family and friends and, you know, people who don't talk to them anymore. Um, and, and obviously, you know, you and I both know how that works. But, um, you know, I, I, I think the best thing that I've learned is that the sports community has really been able to to embrace these people in a way that, you know, I think 10 years ago, 15 years ago was, was not the case. Um, and it's because of these stories that are that are being told. And, and you know, I, I don't know if this podcast could have if my podcast or your podcast could have existed um, 10 years ago. I don't know who I want to talk to. You it know, would have been interesting. It w- there would have been people. It just would have been really interesting in that way i i don't know what it would have been like 10 years ago probably would have been bad because i would have been in high school and i would have been a terrible host <laughs> well i just mean in general i mean just like i don't know what that but, guess. Even thinking, but even thinking about it just like when i started thinking about my own sexuality which is probably related to when robbie rogers came out and of course robbie was is a maryland terrapin and that made it even better for me as a soccer geek and a maryland guy who you know those two things you put them together then that's all i need uh that yeah. and and just from then to now it's just light years and when we look back on it in hindsight you're gonna go boy that happened fast it doesn't feel like it's happening fast when you're going through it like i wake up every day going like are we gonna see a crazy story today you know what i mean like mm-hmm. when i woke up last thursday and you see the ryan russell story i went oh my god really mm-hmm. and you just you don't see that coming no and, i mean like I, you know, like I'll go, like I'll visit Outsports um, pretty much every day. I mean, certainly yeah, if part you. Of my, it's part of my thing. Too. I mean, when you come out on that website as I did, I mean, you kind of, you're a part of it. Yeah. And like it's, but like it's, there, there are just stories there all the time. You know, it, it's, you know, uh, I'll go there and, you know, see some new story about, and it's, maybe it's not always going to be. You know, you know, it's NFL quarterback came out, but it's it's going to be some like cross country runner in Minnesota, and then the next day it's going to be, you know, a rower in Wisconsin, and then the next or or for you, a current Michigan State student. (laughs) Well, yeah, there I know I that's that's also Also true. Broadcaster, and there's another field where there aren't many out men at this point. Well, and I think, yeah, I mean, I think that there, yeah, I, I hope that there are more there, too. I mean, if 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 selfishly, they make the best podcast guests, too. It's people who know how to talk. Yeah, people who know how to talk for a living. It's it's like, you know, I, yeah. I've been blessed with the gift of a very runny mouth. So there you are. Well, no, it's great. But, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, that's why Scott, who you should definitely have on, was, was so great. I mean, he talks on the radio for hours a day you know so he knows people think it's easy it's not easy it, no it's it really not, no. isn't <laughs> no not at all but you know if you get good at it especially you know you, you want to talk about you know whatever the toronto blue jays for a few hours that's one thing but then you get to start talking about yourself i mean let's well, go it's, it's it's on from there and and yeah. scott will be a guest i i will i have many more in the pipeline a couple more before i get you go because you know i want to want to watch the rest of the u.s open I know. I'm following the score as we yeah. uh, as we speak. As I, I watch the as I watch the U.S. women play as well. Um, my, they're playing. The, yeah, they are playing right now against Portugal, and they're winning. But it's the uh, the victory tour, and I I watch it because I feel like I should. And so this uh, is so this is a dumb question, but those are those are called what? Those are friendlies? friendlies. They're friendlies. Yeah. They they so don't the, play more competitive. Those mean games. They don't play more competitive games until Olympic qualifying, which is in January. Okay. 
Okay, got it. So that's when you need to start paying attention to them again, and then hopefully they qualify Are, for the Olympics. And, of course, I mean, the, the number of out women on that team, if I can interview any number of them, that would be amazing. I mean, oh, yeah, like Megan Rapino is probably Well, it, again, that might be another one where you might as well just stop the podcast and move on because you're never going to top so, that. Well, it's so funny. Like, I and you'll, you'll probably run into this too, but, and, and people mean well, obviously, but, like, I had at least four or five people – during the World Cup, like texting you, be like, you should have Megan Rapino on your show. Oh, and, and like, how often do you think people text you this and assume it's easy when it? And I'm like, I'm like, oh yeah, okay, like literally maybe the most famous woman on the planet at the moment. Yeah, I'll I'll shoot her a text. Yeah, I think that as I said, when it settles down. <laughs> With her. But again, that's one of those is like, well, that's a podcast ender. <laughs> you might tell, no, but I also, but I also, I also think that that I, I, she is, she's committed to activism in a way that I obviously um, respect oh, and admire. So, so so it's, I, it's, it's, you've never, I don't think we've ever seen an athlete of her prowess be as visible and open and gung ho about it, which is beautiful. She's amazing, and, and I really enjoyed it. <laughs> Oh, for, the, for the soccer brilliance of it, one, but then for just every other aspect of it, I don't know. Again, I don't know how you, you, you if you, you had to really try to ignore it to miss it. But, right, of course. And that's and that's another thing I want to get to before we start to tie this into a bow. Here is women versus men. I think that it was the only thing that came out of the women's World Cup that was a little dicey to me, which was comparing out female athletes, out male athletes. And you interviewed many women, and there will be women on this show in the future, of course. The difference between the two is stark, and I don't think a lot of people really fully grasp that if you're coming into it where you're not exposed to the world, right? And you've interviewed out women, and you've seen that too. What's the biggest thing that you've learned from asking these people and from out men to out women in sports? Because there are some gigantic differences in expectations among many other things. I, I think off the top of my head, the first thing that I think about is that um, I, I think a lot of people assume that out women have it easier in sports, um, which uh, is not the case. Um, and I, because I think that they think, oh, you know, uh, you know, in out woman playing basketball, I mean, you must be surrounded by lesbians. You must be surrounded by LGBTQ people who are so welcoming of you. And uh, sure, but no. Um, the conversations that I've had with with women on my podcast have been just as illuminating and as enlightening as, as any conversation I've had with a man. And they've had to go through so much stuff. I mean, I talked about Haley Vadekis earlier. I mean, she ran into just just straight men who, who were trying to roadblock her success and her story from happening. So I think there is this there's this idea that for whatever reason for out women it's it's easier, which is obviously not the case. And I think you look at Megan Rapinoe. I mean, you think about the people that she managed to piss off just by being herself. And it, I think it speaks to uh, not only her power, but also uh, just what prejudice there is there. And I think, you know, I, I just I don't think men know how to handle powerful women. And I think that you Ain't see that, that the truth. <laughs> I, I think you see that a lot. And, and that doesn't even have to be a, a member of the LGBTQ community. I think it's just, it's just women in general. Well, it combines gender and so many other things that yeah. come into play. And it, 
it adds dynamics to, you know, I think in many ways you could argue talking to out men is the simplest thing you can do because you, because you don't have to add the gender dynamics. And then there's race aspects of it. If you're depending on who you're talking to as well. Yeah, sure. Yeah, of course. And, and, And you have to be able to be skilled to kind of break down what dynamic is what, you know, what plays in this more? Is this a gender thing? Is this a race thing? Is it a sexuality thing? And that's, hard to do but it's complex these are complex issues and muddy people want them to be simplified and that's impossible they can't be simplified yeah and i'm i'm always looking to have more more women on my podcast i mean it's, it's certainly been sort of male dominated oh, you, when you and see I, the first couple of episodes of the show if i just told you the list of people i wanted to have on it's probably like mostly men with a couple of women thrown in well and not I, what I want it to be but and is. i think that's and yeah, I mean, it, it, you know, I, I think also like it's it's unfair because I think when a man comes out in sports, it, it's treated as a much bigger deal than when a woman does, which is uh, which is not fair, which is I mean, th- those stories are, are just as important and just as integral to this entire thing. You know, I think, you know, Ryan coming like we were saying, Ryan Russell coming out as a bisexual man. You know, last week is like, oh wow, oh interesting, oh okay, this football player, oh oh my goodness, this masculine world. Whereas if a woman were to come out as a bisexual in, in the WNBA or something, which is you know maybe a shitty comparison, but people like, okay, cool. But like, it's those stories are just as important and just as as you know, just as integral to to tell. And you know, moving forward with mine, I, I certainly want to tell those more and like i don't know i just like talking to women too it's like i but i i i do find that um you know the male dominated stories are ones that get the most publicity so i think inevitably are the ones that i uh am more familiar with so i'm always trying to like reach out because you because because we connect with that well yeah as opposed to the difference with with the women and i mean i connect with powerful women but not necessarily queer women. I didn't see many of them growing up. I heard of them. I didn't think much of it, you know? Sure, but I think that's another, yeah, I think that's that's exactly why, you know, there needs to be more of a platform for them to uh, to tell their... I think they have, they have a great platform, but the difference is with women and men, it's just so many differences, and it's not the time, this is not the podcast to talk about. It. If we had Billie Jean King on, it would be, but... <laughs> Yeah. Instance, or Megan Rapino, but it's it's hard because you have to break down so many things that are a part of this story, and I think that there are, are better people out there equipped to do it than others, and you know you need to hear from them. I think there's a lot of there's a lot of that. So to get you out of here on this, because we've held you for a good bit of time, and it's been very entertaining to do this podcast in reverse after you asking me the questions last time out. Uh, for you, I know. I feel I feel so vulnerable right now being asked questions. I'm used to it. Well, I I've, this is I, much I, this is much easier by the way. Well, I I happen to be somebody who could think of questions just out of spontaneity, or I would think of it ahead of time. And none of this is scripted. I've thought of these questions coming in, but it just yeah. happens when you're a journalist and you're programmed to ask questions. You know, yes. you're programmed to always learn. And you know, if you're not equipped to ask questions, then being a podcast host is kind of difficult. <laughs> But I know, have- I've run into I've run into that opposite question before, like a couple times. I'll have on a guest who 
one of their first answers to one of my questions is like, well, I don't really like answering questions about myself. And I'm like, oh boy, we're in for it tonight. Well, yeah, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta work a little bit harder for that. But I think for me, you think about just where we're headed. And I think a lot of people are starting to ask a question like what, when's the next major step for out athletes? And I, and I think about it all the time, too, because I dream of one day when there is an NHL player that's out in some far-flung Earth-2 universe in which the NHL is competent and knows what they're doing. Jeez. I mean, yeah. Have fun with talking with Brock about that one. But, yeah, I know. I need to, I'm making a note right now. That I need but, to DM. But there's still things like, there's still things like that. And so where, where, where are we, we headed? Like, I feel, I always feel personally that we're really not that far away from something pretty major happening. Because society is tilting us towards that. Outside forces are impacting on sports in a way that makes this kind of stuff even more meaningful and valuable because it brings stories to a larger group of people who wouldn't otherwise pay attention to it. It's the stick to sports crap, which is garbage, and as we know that. But where do you think we're headed with this? Because we're getting very many influential people coming out. It's going to continue to happen. I really don't think we're that far away from somebody really big coming out because we know they're there. If you, even if you use the basic statistics, right, the UCLA stats were 4.5%, 4.5% of the population in this country identifies as, um, as LGBTQ, and then 42% of that are men, that would be the major sports leagues. But that's growing because younger generations are more identifying as queer than ones in the past. So I really don't think we're that far away from something major happening, but where do you think we're headed with this? Because this is the beginning of something. It's not the end of something. Well, I... I, I maybe disagree a little with the idea that we are close to a big, big athlete coming out. And I don't think that that needs to be the barometer for success in terms of the community. I, that's going to happen eventually, but I think that's going to sort of be from this sort of generation that is that is coming now. These sort of younger kids, these younger athletes – who are living in a world where things are a little bit more welcoming and progressive. I think I think we're still a little wave away from um, a major athlete coming out. And also, if that doesn't happen, that that's not that doesn't I don't that's not a bad thing. That's you know I I think there does tend to be this conversation, and I I've I've asked this question of of so many people before, like why isn't there why isn't there a major athlete in the four major sports who is out? And I think that's a very valid, interesting question to ask. I just hope that that's not where we are hanging our hat because that's not really what it's about. So I think we're at this place now where to me, it's about sort of just this groundswell of support. To me, the, the progress is shown in what teams are doing, what leagues are doing, um, that to me is the important stuff. Like when I see, when I see athletes at pride parades, when I see sports teams, you know, changing, honestly, something as, as small as changing your Twitter logo for pride month to a rainbow flag, that might seem inconsequential to somebody, but to me, it's not to me seeing that if I had seen the Red Wings changed their Twitter logo to a rainbow when I was, you know, well, when I was, I was existed at that time. I was say, yeah. I was going to say when I was a kid, obviously that would have, you know, whatever, but like even in, co even in college, uh, what a great thing that would have been. Um, and so that to me is where the focus is now. 
obviously there are these big these bigger things like yeah it would be great if like you know next year the you know the number one nfl draft pick you know you know could you imagine just just as a hypothetical could you imagine if oh god yeah but i mean it yeah i mean sure it'd be great but what you know it, it but that to me is not that's not where we need to necessarily be looking in terms of 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 progress and moving forward to me it's the little things to me it's the it's like i said it's it's having these pride nights which hey like that's nothing minor like a professional sports team having a pride night i think listen i think all these teams need to be doing more maybe not all i think a lot of them need well, to be doing it depends doing on what team you're talking about <laughs> panthers <laughs> Well, sure, and the Red Wings too. I mean, like you know, I I've given them. I, I think, and and this is something that Brock's talked about with me, and he calls it pink washing. He doesn't much like Pride Nights, and I can understand where he's coming from. And that's a question you should definitely ask him when you have him on, which is why he's he's not a huge fan of that. Uh, for me, I don't want teams doing it for the sake of doing it. You know what I mean? Like I I get the sense that some of them do it because they want to give out T-shirts, and I don't really want that to be a thing. I want if you're gonna do a Pride Night, I want you to do it because you really want to do it. You know what I mean? Of course, like, yeah. Like, I, like the difference yeah. is like the, it's the difference between the Panthers doing it because all other NHL teams are doing it and they get yelled at if they didn't do it, as opposed to say the Hurricanes doing it and they did it really, really well. And there was a lot of good talk in the community about what they did. Uh, that's just one example. And I mean, you look at it, and I look at it in a soccer context. I look at it in, in MLS, and I look at it as. Uh, well, it's a little bit more meaningful when Minnesota has a pride night now as opposed to any other team, but they're all meaningful. And I think the MLS teams get it because it's, it's just a different league and a different context of people they're marketing to as opposed to a hockey team or an NFL team, right? But I, I think for me, it's not even judged on who comes out. I think it's judged on just the idea that if people come out, they're going to be supported and they're going to see the annoying people on Twitter who tweet dumb things or the 66-year-olds who watch too many SVU reruns on USA, who say something stupid, and you go, eh, they're, they're idiots. What, what can you do? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's, and I also, and the reason why I say that I think that more people are coming out is because athletes feel like now they have the ability to say more and they feel like they should say more because they're in this public space. They have a lot of influence over people and their words matter. And the more you see people say that and the more that I've seen, you know, when, when Colin Martin did come out, Almost everybody at MLS, including big-time players, were supporting him. That's that to me is the thing that matters most. It is as much as it's like the teams are saying, "Yeah, you know, we'll have pride nights," and the leagues doing these things. It's just the support from their peers and the attitudes changing from their peers, and that we've seen. Yeah, you're not going to change it for everybody, but the fact is that that's and, and then people start to think about the language they use, and they realize maybe I can say this in a different way. Right. Th that's yeah. what's meaningful. And I think yeah. we're seeing that a lot more than we used to. As much as the Pride Nights are great and I, and I think that they're nice, you know, w the, the real change comes from like within and the smaller levels. You know what I mean? Of course. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to rail against any team for having any sort of Pride Night, like wh wherever it's coming from. I mean, honestly, even if the motivation behind it isn't genuine. I still well, think I, 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 yeah, that I bristle because at that. I bristle at that. If you, I well, always say if you're I mean, gonna do I, it, go all out. But that's a different discussion for another day. Well, sh yeah, sure. I, I agree. I'm just I, I know. Yeah, I'm just thinking like, I, of. I don't want that to be used in the same way as Star Wars night. You know what I mean? 
I, yes, no, I, I, I totally, no, I totally agree with that. But I'm, yeah, I also, yeah, I mean, I, I think these nights are important. They need to be amped up and need to need to be important, but also like, um, yeah, I, I, just I think want it done right, you know, like, yeah, you know, no, I know. I listen, I, I totally agree. I totally agree. But I'm just saying that having, you know, a, a team having one and maybe, maybe fumbling it around a little bit for a year is, is okay. If we can sort of learn and grow from there in year two. And I think that's where, cause like, you know, I think you have to understand too. It's it, it it's about those teachable moments, right? Like, you, like sure. Let's let's think about a Pride Night for let's say the Florida Panthers. The people running it are are probably have probably never met a gay person in their life, right? Well, and probably, but that's, well, just, you know, they're only five but, minutes away from Wilt Manners. I mean, but I'm just saying, have. I'm just saying, I'm just saying. Let's say that that's true. Just and it's not it's not the Panthers. It's whoever. Let's say some team is doing it. Um, and yeah, maybe they, they think they might sell some shirts or whatever, but they, they want to do it because they think it's the right thing to do. And maybe it's kind of hokey and maybe it's not very good, but I don't think it's up to us to ridicule them for trying to do something good. I think it's up to us to say, Hey, like saw what you did last year. Uh, awesome. Applaud you for doing that. Here's how we can make this exponentially better next year. I would love to help you. Like, I think that's where, I think that's where we have to be. Like, I don't want to, I, I don't want a team to do something cool and shit on it. Um, yeah, I, 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 I get, I get where you're coming from with that. It's, it's one of the, it's one of those things where I think there's just a lot of layers to it that are hard to unpack. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, no, of course, of course. And I think that, that that we're we're getting better with that. Brock has a very different opinion. I know other people I've talked to have different opinions on it, and that and that's fascinating. And the differing of opinions that I I think, and what what's your final? You've done this for now a, a year and a half, and yeah. there's a lot that has changed in a year and a half with the kind of people that come out. And I mean, I think about where I was a year and a half ago. Think mm-hmm. I had started to come out to people, but I didn't have like the push you know, the real reasons. And then certain people came out and I'm like, okay, it's time to do this now. You know? Yeah. So for you, it's like, even if you go back in a year and a half, this has changed dramatically, hasn't it? And that's why I'm saying like, we've made so much progress. I feel like just because of the weight of movement and the weight of society, I, I just don't think we're that far away because it's, it's become an issue that a lot of people have said, you know what? We really need to take care of this and we need to make these people feel comfortable. And sports is that last place where it feels like well, if we can make them feel comfortable maybe now we can say like i don't have to go out in the street and fear myself anymore you know what i mean totally agree and like i i think yeah i, I think things have changed uh even since i've been doing the podcast i think stories are there and the community is just opening itself up and you know one of the nice things that i think you'll learn too is that you know i'll, I'll have somebody on the podcast and you know they'll text me immediately after and say hey thank you so much for that you you should talk to a b and c they'd be great and would you know and and they have a great story to tell so it's about developing this community which i think is growing um just because of of podcasts and of of places like outsports i mean i can't say enough about what outsports has done for for me and the podcast and 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 for just getting stories out there it's 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 so influential and so important but yeah i mean i I think the stories are just coming just faster and quicker and and like i said there just seems to be a new one every day and and i i think the people see the reaction that ryan russell has had and i think that will inspire people to do the same and you know i i do think things have 
have changed even since I've had the podcast. And if you think back, yeah, it's been like what year, year and a half since I've been doing it. Like, you know, you think about, you know, where we might be in five years. And I think that's why it is important just to focus on the little victories. And of course, like, yeah, if like, you know, uh, uh, I don't know, Patrick Mahomes comes out tomorrow, like, yeah, that's great. But, uh, it's not going to happen probably at least not right now. And, and, you know, that can't be detrimental to all the great little stuff that's, that's happening. So I think there's, there's a lot of good grassroots stuff happening every day on the ground from people who are doing podcasts, writing stories, organizing events. There are so many organizations that are doing great stuff. So yeah, things are changing and, and rapidly. And it's, I think it's about just continuing to, to, push that ball down the hill i guess for a terrible reference but well I, it depends on what ball down what hill listen i know balls baby uh i know my podcast was originally going to be titled balls uh and somebody told me that that was a bad idea uh yeah that's a, that's a bad idea <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I get so what I... you're doing it, it, it didn't quite work yeah i changed it yeah, uh, I, uh, I think you had a good one um the outfield kind of works it's great. It's fantastic. Right. You, and you can't go back now, so embrace it. Nope. Cannot go back now. Uh, where can people find you if they haven't already found you? Uh, you can find me. Uh, my podcast is on iTunes. Same team. Download it. Listen to the episode with Matt. Uh, one of the first episodes. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, subscribe, do all that stuff. Uh, I'm not on Instagram. I'm on Twitter. Uh, at Dan Trainer T R A I N O R one is my Twitter handle. Like oh, the I said, same way as Megan Trainer. I please. That's I'm so ready for her to fade further into obscurity. Although, did agree you, on that particular music take. Although, did you see that? Like, I mean, this. I don't want to open this can of worms with this whole Jay Z NFL collaboration. She is getting involved in this somehow. Like how? I don't know enough about it. Well, you, um, see, here's the thing. I don't get angry. I just ask why. I just ask questions. And I come what? at it from a p place from different angles. There's your wrestling term for you. So, yeah, sure. You know, that that kind of stuff is what it is. But anyway. Uh, oh, yeah, find me. Find me on Twitter. Question. Which school is worse, yeah. Michigan State or Maryland? Who oh, covered up a hate more heinous crime? Uh, Maryland. I well, yeah. Listen, I – well, that's honestly, like, it's – I think it's important for the two of us in the positions that we're in. And I mean, honestly, I, I think the answer to that is is Michigan State probably is, is the worst. Well, and the reason why, if you had to twist my arm, and I think they both effed up royally and should be absolutely thrown to the woods for this, uh, Michigan State kind of harmed more people when Maryland kind of, you know, I mean, death is horrible, but it was one person. Death is horrible. You heard it here first. Yeah, what a great um, take on this podcast today. That's that's why you stuck around with it. Anyway, no, I mean, they're both horrible. They both had no idea what they were doing, and I laid into Maryland every time they did something stupid, and it, it well, annoyed I think, me. I, I think that's... Because it, it feels, because, like, when you go to a school, and you're... It feels like a part of you has been taken away when something dumb like that happens, and you attach a lot to oh, your own mater. And it, I mean, no, I mean, the Michigan State stuff must have torn you up. Uh, yeah, it's been a very strange couple of years. I mean, it, you know, I it, I haven't really known how to navigate it. There is this part of me that still feels kind of seedy and gross for for supporting the school. Um, but I but I do um, because I'm I'm proud of where I went to school, and um, I, I think the thing that is important is to 
to acknowledge all of that and, and to face all that stuff head on. I think there are people who don't want to look at it at all. And that's where you run into trouble. I, I think that hopefully I've been pretty good about realizing all the bad stuff that, that my school has done. And it's, it's been really sad and it's been really hard to have to deal with that because it is this place that, that means so much to me. And, and when the place like that lets you down, it, it's a pretty bitter pill to swallow. But I do think it's about uh, being honest about it and owning up to all that stuff and realizing that like institutions that you love aren't always going to be perfect. Like I have, I have friends, uh, family members, maybe if we want to call them out, um, who are, who do kind of do that, who, who don't want to talk about it and, and want to turn a blind eye to it. And that's, I think where you run into, uh, into trouble. Um, you know, I, I'm a Michigan state fan. I support the, uh, the school, the, uh, the they get there cans kicked in on the 25th of november but it won't happen so we'll wait till basketball well, season listen, i don't know i mean uh, well i don't know i mean that's the michigan state football team is, is is very interesting right now the you know the best defense in the country probably one of the best that we might see in in recent memory in an offense that doesn't uh, quite seem to know what they're doing so it's it, it's and sort Maryland of it's, football is exists to fill the space before the basketball team takes the floor and this is going to be one hell of a year for maryland basketball for better or for worse February 20 no it's the 15th and the 29th when should be Michigan State play well listen I mean it's it's a weird thing to go into uh a basketball season national championship or bust and I think that happens a lot with Michigan State basketball sort of but this year it 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 really is the case Maryland it's got to be I think the expectations are pretty high uh and Maryland has a very high expectation of themselves in basketball and as much as I hate what Maryland football did I mean I love Maryland it's it's oh i love that place and it that's anyway anyway i hear you we've gone too long we, no well the listeners might disagree well i mean i've done podcasts that are two and a half hours so i don't know an hour and a half is tidy as far as I'm concerned. Uh, there are more episodes of the outfield coming i hope you stay tuned for those until then of course enjoy your sports whatever they may be including the first weekend of the nfl season unless you're me in which case you won't enjoy it at all or, or maybe Dan. Actually, no, I'll, be, I'll be sweating my butt off in Arizona. It's indoors. Watching. It's indoors that stadium. Right? I know. Okay. Well, I know. I've been there. Uh, I've been there a few times. I've seen the Lions play there twice. I'm going in actually. Know it like I, I. I know nothing about the Lions this year. That that's probably for the best. I've just like I have just sort of just ignored them all summer. Um, but I'm gonna go. It's gonna be a fun time. I'm saying you know we'll be tailgating. Uh, you know, but after my, you know, 10th beer, I won't feel the heat. Uh, you won't feel the pain when they lose. Oh, I don't care. I hope they lose. It's a weird thing. I think Lions fans have this, have this weird thing where, like, I just don't, I don't care. Like, I, I don't know. Like well, Maybe it's I, the same thing because the Jaguars are just as bad. It's just, it's wild. Um, But, yeah, it'll be. Well, at least yeah. the Jaguars have won playoff games in my lifetime. <laughs> Oh god! I mean, the Lions are. I mean, and the Lions' schedule is brutal, especially off the top. Like they, uh, it's going to be. Listen, it's going to be a long year. But uh, well, whatever. well, then you have the. Re- oh, right. Sorry. Well, you know what? The, uh, we'll see. I, I do think. I, I think. Yeah, we probably talked about like about a year. Probably, I don't know, a year ago. I the Redskins are going to be bad, and they were. I mean, yeah, the thing is to figure that one out. Yeah, I think I did sort of say that I hope they were going to be a little bit better than I thought, and they weren't. Um, 
But who knows? I mean, CUI back is uh, is very exciting. I think the Red Wings are, I hope, going to be an interesting team to watch, if nothing else. But uh, we'll see. see if the Panthers are bad this year. He'll, he'll listen to the Y Hockey podcast, another podcast I do. There will be Rain Man near a hot bath kind of stuff, kind of stuff. if the Panthers yeah. are bad. Yeah, that's not good. That's good. Anyway, enjoy your sports. I will have to watch Maryland football play Syracuse, which I don't know how much I'm going to enjoy that, but maybe. That's fun. That's a- I mean, what, that's, a, is, that's at Maryland, too, yes, right? Or no? But it will be in front of a few tens of thousands of silver bleachers. Well, and people in orange shirts, too, I see. No, nah, not that much. I worry about Penn State more with that, and I don't want to think about that particular thing. Uh, that's, a, I, that's a fun Week 2 game, though. You get a ranked team coming in. That's fun. Uh, Well, if Syracuse only gave me more money, I might be rooting for the other side. <laughs> yeah, well, what are you going to do? Uh, a lot of broadcasters went to Syracuse. I, I don't know if you all know that, but they did. Uh, anyway, that's they episode love- one of The Outfield for the third time trying to end this show. But <laughs> it'll be the successful chance, and we will see you next week. There are plenty more great guests and great things on the pike, so do stay tuned for that. <laughs>